You are tuned in now to the Gamer Joe Radio Show. Welcome to Gamer Joe Radio Show, Episode 9. Each week we strive to educate, promote, and grow games, game music, and the composers and creators which give us this wonderful medium in a respectful manner. I am Gamer Joe, and it'll always be my mission to give those wonderful artists the recognition they deserve. If you like the show, you can head over to GamerJoeRadioShow.com where you can subscribe on iTunes, donate on Patreon, or check out various other activities we have going on, such as the YouTube channel. My name is Joe Tikaz, and you can email me with any questions or comments on really any of the shows you hear 
at JoeTKaz, that's T-K-A-C as in cat, Z as in zebra, at gmail.com, and I will gladly read them on the show. Today, we are on well into now the 3D Sonic games, and we continue on. We have two more episodes before we reach the end here. And originally we were going to cover some of the more obscure Sonic games, but we might get back to that at a point. We, for now, are just going to do the 3D ones and kind of call it and maybe revisit some of those Sonic games later on. But I just think a change of pace is nice, and uh, we've done a lot of these episodes, and after one more I think we may have had our fill for a little bit, but always be nice to come back. But for today, we have four entries. Starting off there was a song you heard called Waking Up, and it's from Shadow the Hedgehog, the first one we're going to talk about today. Uh, that was composed by a familiar name at this point, Jun Seno, and also had Yutaka Minobi, Tomoya Ohatani, Mariko Nanba on that soundtrack. A more upbeat, kind of modernish, I guess you could say, rock style to it, as much of this soundtrack tends to be. Uh, so, developed by Sega Studio USA, published by Sega, of course. We had director on this, Takashi Zuka. Producer was Yuji Naka. Designer Takashi Zuka as well. The artist was Kazuyuki Hoshino, and the story was written by Takashi Zuka as well. So he was a large part of this game. Um, and uh, of course, it's from the Sonic series. Uh, this one was on the GameCube, the PlayStation 2, and the Xbox. Came out in North America November 15th of 2005. Uh, PAL Territories November 18th, and Japan December 15th, about a month after the North American release. Uh, it is a platformer as well as a hybrid of action-adventure, third-person shooting, uh, and does feature some multiplayer as well. So this was uh, a contest, I guess, of sorts. They were seeing which character fans may want to see uh, get their own game, and Shadow the Hedgehog won. Uh, and so, thus, he got his own game. Now, the gameplay in this one, uh, it is basic. It is mainly a platform game, but as I mentioned, it has some action-adventure gameplay, uh, like previous games in the Sonic series. Uh, basic gameplay involves running quickly, collecting rings, and destroying enemies. Shadow collects rings as a form of health. When he is attacked by an enemy, ten of his rings bounce away from him in all directions, very similar to Sonic here. Uh, if he is hit by an enemy while not having any rings, he does lose a life. Each level is completed by undertaking a mission, and each mission is labeled Hero, Dark, or Normal. The Hero missions involve completing tasks for the Sonic series heroic characters, or Dr. Eggman, on one occasion, and the Dark missions involve completing tasks for the Black Arms, or Dr. Eggman. The Normal missions involve reaching the Chaos Emerald, or Goal, at the end of the level. All enemies attack Shadow, regardless of the mission chosen. The mission types select the effect the pop the plot they affect the plot the levels played and the ending received out of 10 possibilities so 10 different endings uh, each le level features cutscenes that advance the story and several levels also feature boss battles characters in this one of course uh, <clears throat> new to this is the fact that shadow the hedgehog is the lead character here uh, he was created 50 years before the game's events Storyline-wise, not in actuality, obviously. Uh, by Professor Gerald Robotnik in an orbital military research space station known as the Ark. Robotnik was trying to unlock the secrets of eternal life on the government's orders and create the ultimate life form. To that end, Robotnik designed Shadow to harness the powers of the Chaos Emeralds. Uh, at the end of Sonic Adventure 2, um, his first appearance, and spoilers, you may want to not listen if you're going to play Sonic Adventure 2 and don't want the story ruined. 
one, two, three, and spoiler, he was presumed dead, but he returned in Sonic Heroes with amnesia that persists into the events of Shadow the Hedgehog. So, interesting stuff. Uh, obviously, he plays a little bit differently. Um, we'll get into that, but before that, uh, a little bit about the development cycle here. Shadow the Hedgehog was developed by Sega Studio USA, the now defunct United States division of Sega Sonic Team, and published by Sega, of course. Uh, Sega first revealed the game and its tagline, Hero or Villain, You Decide, at the March 8, 2005 inauguration of Sonic the Hedgehog into the Walk of Game. Sega formally announced development of the game for the Nintendo GameCube, PS2, and Xbox uh, on March 23, 2005. The same year, Sega released the game in North America on November 15th, and Japan December 15th, as I mentioned. Uh, music in this one, Lost and Found, Shadow, Shadow the Hedgehog vocal tracks, was a game soundtrack, or is still, uh, released on CD on February 22nd of 2006. The album contains seven vocal songs that are from the game, one of which is a remix. Most of the others are original. Actually, all of them are original. Another soundtrack, Shadow the Hedgehog original soundtracks, was also released on February 22nd of 2006. This one contains both the vocal and instrumental tracks of the game. So, uh, as in most Sonic series games, the Chaos Emeralds seem to play a major role. They help Shadow remember his past and allow him to perform Chaos Control and Chaos Blast. Chaos Control allows Shadow to move quickly in levels and slow times. It allows you to slow the time in the boss battles. The Chaos Blast creates an explosion that destroys or severely damages all nearby enemies. Shadow can perform Chaos Control after the player fills the Hero Gauge by defeating Black Armed Soldiers, and he can perform Chaos Blast after filling the Dark Gauge by defeating Gun Soldiers. Uh, the game does also include a two-player mode that retains the single-player mechanics, but is set in one of three specially designed stages and uses a vertically split screen to separate each player's view. Each player chooses one of the available characters, Shadow, two metallic versions of him, and a palette swapped variant of each. The combatants attack each other and steal each other's rings until all but one are eliminated. Additionally, in single player mode, a second player may take control of Shadow's sidekick in certain stages. Uh, so for new gameplay features uh, that make it a little different from the other Sonic games, uh, he can use guns to combat enemies. Uh, this adds an element of third person shooting gunplay to the game. Parts of the scenery, such as traffic signs, can also be used as weapons. And another new feature is the ability to drive vehicles, such as motorcycles and alien aircraft. So, there are some innovations here, but how well was it received? Was it liked by everyone, or anyone for that matter? Let's see. Shadow the Hedgehog received mixed reviews from critics. Uh, many of which were highly critical of its gameplay and differences from other Sonic games. So it looks like, sadly, no on Game Rankings and Metacritic, it has a 53.10 and a 51 out of 100, respectively. Uh, but that said, it was a commercial success. Sega Sammy's 2006 financial report recorded sales of 1.59 million units. So, successful, but not well-liked. Uh, and just a quick look at what some of the critics had to say. Uh, IGN wrote, or I'm sorry, Game Informer wrote that not only is this new adult interpretation of Sonic painfully dumb, it's also ill-advised and almost feels like a betrayal to longtime fans. Then uh, let's see, Eurogamer felt that the game's other selling point, its darker edge, is not really meant for us, the players. Uh, however, critics did praise the game's replay value, applauding the many possible paths that a player may take through the game. 
Game trailer stated, this choose-your-own-adventure-style game gives the game replay value that many platformers lack. So there you have it. That's kind of the consensus on Shadow the Hedgehog. Will you be checking it out? I don't know about this one. I have so many other Sonic games to play that this one doesn't seem like one that's super interesting or needs to be played right away. But you diehards out there may have already played it, and if not, check it out. It's not Sonic, at least, so it's something different a little bit. And the gunplay sounds at least interesting, but uh, for now, that is all I have for you on that particular game. We're going to head on into the next one. I get the feeling that there is not much love for the next one either. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, which that is the title. It's often referred to as Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, to avoid confusion with the original game. We're going to play Running Through the Plains by that, from that soundtrack right now, and we'll be back on Gamer Joe Radio Show. And that was actually rather unexpected from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog game. A pretty pretty little piece there on the piano from Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 that was running through the plains. And we have composer, uh, not a familiar name here, we have Kobayashi, Hidaki Kobayashi, and then uh, Tomoya Ohatani, Mariko Nanba, Taihei Sato, but uh, no Jun Sano on this soundtrack. Interesting. First one in a long time, I feel like, uh, that he has not been a part of. But uh, this one was developed by uh, Sonic Team, of course. This is published by Sega. And we have on here producer uh, Masahiro Komono. The artist is Akira Mikami, written by Shun Nakamura, Yoshimoro as well, and Makawa. Uh, 
and this is uh, the engine used here is the Havoc engine. This one comes out on the PlayStation 3 and the 360 North American release November 14th, 2006. Europe a little later, November 24th of 06. Australia the 30th and Japan December 21st, 2006. Uh, looks like uh, the PlayStation 3 version is a little after the 360 version. That one came out on January 30th of 2007. And in Japan, December 21st of 06, the PAL regions, uh, March 23rd, 2007. So some differences in a little bit later to the PlayStation 3. Uh, so, yeah, this one is not well liked by all accounts. Um, but let's give a little background here. Sonic the Hedgehog follows Sonic's quest to protect Princess Elise after she is kidnapped by his rival, Dr. Eggman, while Shadow the Hedgehog and Silver the Hedgehog try to save the world from other threats. The game allows players to play as the three, however each character's playstyle is unique from one another. Each are aided by several allies, new and returning. It was announced in 05, was envisioned as being an innovative reboot of the franchise, anticipation was rather high, however the game faced multiple issues during development which resulted in rushing the product despite existing bugs. Both versions gained infamy for receiving negative reception. It was criticized for long loading times, poor camera system, gameplay glitches, complicated plot, and sloppy character control. Sonic the Hedgehog was delisted from retailers in 2010. Following Sega's decision to remove all Sonic titles with sub-average Metacritic scores from sale in stores. That's a, that's a bold thing to do. Interesting. Um, so it is a platform game with action-adventure elements once again. The main, player, the main player characters are, uh, of course, Sonic. Then we have Silver and Shadow, as I mentioned. Others are available for short periods. Uh, they generally focus on speed, Sonic's levels do, with some sections having him run full speed while dodging obstacles. Uh, he escorts the Princess Elise at times in this game. Uh, even though every character plays the same levels, each character's unique abilities allow the players to access different areas in those stages. The game features two multiplayer modes, Tag, where two players must work together to clear levels and collect Chaos Emeralds, and then there's Battle, a multiplayer mode where two players race against each other. There were some downloadable extensions. Uh, these include Very Hard Mode, a mo more difficult version of the game, and then Boss Attack Modes, which allow a player to engage in continuous battle with all of the game's bosses. I mentioned a little bit about the plot. Uh, won't go too deep here, but just uh, I'll read you a little bit. Uh, in Solana, the Festival of the Sun's opening ceremony is disrupted by the arrival of Dr. Eggman Robotnik, who seeks the flames of disaster from Prince Elise. Sonic arrives and attempts to save her, but fails when he is attacked by Eggman's robots. And so on and so on. The story goes from there. Uh, development, as we mentioned, this was a troubled development cycle. Uh, it was shown several times in early 2005. Uh, never particularly looked good. It was kind of doomed from the start. Uh, in a February 2007 interview for Kikizo Magazine, Sonic Team producer Yojiro Ogawa was asked to comment on the game's glitches, control problems, and loading times. And here's the quote from him. The reason why we probably ended up with what we see today involves a lot of reasons. One is that we did not want to launch the title around Christmas. And we had the PS3 launch coming up, but we had to develop for Microsoft 360 at the same time, and the team had an awful lot of pressure on them. It was very hard for the team to try and see how we were going to come out with both versions together with just the one team. It was a big challenge, and he blames that on the game's ultimate release, which was clearly not very good and very troubled. Uh, but it did come out, 
and it was delisted. Uh, obviously, not good reception. Uh, the soundtrack, though, was, from what I've heard anyways, pretty good. The main theme for the game is His World, written by Tomoya Ahatani. Uh, it's performed by Ali Tabatabi and Maddie Lewis from the band Zebrahead. R&B artist Ekan performed a remix of the Dreams Come True song, Sweet, 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 a song originally from their 92 album, The Swinging Star, and it was also used as the ending theme to Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, so, uh, actually, interesting here that some pre-release reactions to the game were positive, uh, and so anticipation was high, but uh, as I said, uh, the people that actually were hands-on with the game knew this maybe was not going as anticipated. <laughs> Uh, it became notable for its negative reception, and was we won't have to get too much into the nasty stuff here, but let's let's just say that his game was broken in many ways, uh, not well liked by almost anyone, and I think fans even uh, can agree that this one was very troubled and not particularly good. You might want to check it out just for the sake of uh, trying out a a busted up game and. <laughs> maybe getting a giggle out of it or something like that. I've seen videos online of this game with plenty of glitches and things like that. If you're into that, maybe check it out. This is one I will certainly be passing on. Uh, but let's just read the legacy here before we move on. Most characters introduced in the game have made no further appearances. They've basically uh, gotten rid of this game completely from the timeline. Uh, Elise's only appearance outside Sonic the Hedgehog was a very minor cameo in Sonic Rivals 2. Silver, however, has appeared as a playable character in Sonic Rivals, Sonic Riders, and Mario and Sonic Sub-Series, and was a minor supporting character in the Nintendo DS version of Sonic Colors. So for Sonic's 20th anniversary, Sega released Sonic Generations. We've talked about that many times on this show. Uh, it contained a remake of the Crisis City level, and additionally, every version of the game, including the 3DS version, contains a remake of the boss battle with Silver. In 2017, this year, actually, a demo for a fan-made PC port of Sonic the Hedgehog was released, so maybe that's better and worth looking into. Alright, that brings us to the end of that. Next up, we have Sonic and the Secret Rings coming at you. A Wii exclusive, the first of the Wii exclusives, and this is Levitated Ruin. We'll be back.
Welcome back everybody, that was from Sonic and the Secret Rings, Levitated Ruins. Composers on this one, Fumi Komatani, Kanichi Tokoi, Siro Okomoto, and Le Club Bashroff. That's probably not even close to right. Typical for me, but can't say I didn't try. So, Sonic and the Secret Rings, a video game developed by Sonic Team and published by Sega as part of the Sonic the Hedgehog series. It was released exclusively for the Wii on February 20th of 2007 in North America, March 2nd in Europe, and March 15th in Japan. It's the first Sonic game for the console, released in place for of an aborted attempt to port the 2006 video game Sonic the Hedgehog. So they tried to port the last game we talked about to the Wii and it didn't work out? That's, can't imagine why. Uh, Secret Rings is a three-dimensional platform and action game whose plot follows the series' main character, Sonic the Hedgehog, on a quest to stop an evil genie named the Arasor Jin. In addition to basic platforming gameplay of previous Sonic titles, Secret Rings uses a system of experience points and levels, as well as special moves that are unlocked via leveling up. Neat. Producer Yojiro Ogawa conceived the game to tap into the Wii Remote's capabilities. He chose the theme of Arabian Nights using many elements of the stories in the game's setting, characters, and Middle Eastern-influenced music. Sega actually changed the title of this one several times, settling on Sonic and the Secret Rings to tie in the theme of the Arabian Nights. Um, pot and release, uh, we'll get into the reception a little bit later. But I want to tell you a little bit about the gameplay here. Sonic and the Secret Rings, as I mentioned, is a platformer, but it's three-dimensional, and it also kind of works as an action game. Uh, it's has an on-rail style of movement. Uh, Sonic, the series' main character, of course, is the only playable character in this one. He is controlled exclusively with the Wii Remote, which already tells me that I probably don't want to play this, but I digress and continue on anyways. Not for me. Wii Remote controls, usually. Uh, it's held horizontally, though, like a traditional gamepad, so maybe that won't be so bad. It's not waggle, at least. Uh, players adjust his forward movement by tilting the controller, yuck. Uh, he runs along a pre-designated path. Players jump and break using corresponding face buttons. That sounds... Whew. And then thrust the Wii remote. Okay, yeah, you can kind of see where this is going. It's a Wii controller scheme of sorts, and you're either really into that or you're really not. Uh, I'm going to go out on a hunch and say most of you are really not, but eh, some people like the Wii controls. Uh, it's broken many games for me, personally. Like in other games in the series, Sonic collects rings scattered throughout the levels, uh, contact with certain obstacles and enemies scatter them away, and Sonic dies if he touches an enemy without any rings. However, unlike other titles, Sonic Secret Rings does not feature a life counter or game over screen, but instead Sonic reappears at the last visited checkpoint after dying. So, sounds like it's rather easy. The game does contain 100 missions, including boss battles, over the course of 8 levels. New missions, cutscenes, and sometimes new levels are unlocked by completing missions. Successful missions earn Sonic experience points, which advance him levels. I do like that it has that leveling up system to it, though. Sonic is the main protagonist, as I mentioned. His sidekick through this game is Shahara, genie of the ring. Their enemy is Jin, a genie, who aspires to erase the entirety of the Arabian Nights book. He was once the genie of the lamp from the story of Aladdin and the Magic Lamp who was punished for misdeeds and imprisoned in his lamp until he granted the wishes of 1,000 people. Arazo did so, gaining a renewed hatred of humanity and deciding to take over the world. Several Sonic series characters appear in the form of figures from Arabian Nights, such as Miles Tails Prower as Alibaba, Knuckles is here as Sinbad the Sailor, and Dr. Eggman as Shahar. Shahar. Shaharihar. Sorry if I again butchered that. Uh, though Sonic recognizes them as old acquaintances, they do not recognize him. 
So this is all a little bit strange, isn't it? Uh, development here. Uh, let's see. This was planned to go to the 360 and PS3. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, as I mentioned before, this was uh, supposed to be a port of Sonic the Hedgehog from the 360 and PS3. This was not meant to go to that. Uh, as the first Sonic game for the Wii, it was going to be that one. But the lengthy development times for the port, they decided they'll just take advantage of the Wii remote and do an entirely different game. It wasn't worth it to them to port over a really bad game, by all accounts. Uh, music. The music of Sonic and Secret Rings was composed by Kenichi Tokoi, Fumiko Matani, and Okamoto, as I mentioned. And then we had Kobayashi as of Wavemaster on here. He has appeared before on other Son previous mentioned uh, Sonic soundtracks. The music maintains the guitar-based rock style of previous games, adding elements of traditional Middle Eastern music. And there was a soundtrack released as well. Seven Rings in Hand, Sonic and the Secret Rings original soundtrack. Came out in March 15th of 07. Reception. It averaged about a 70, so decent reception on this one. Certainly more well-liked than the previous Sonic game, Sonic 2006. Mixed or average, would sum it up. The game charted well. It was the 11th best-selling game of February 07, and third for the Wii. It proved the best-selling Wii game, uh, and fifth among all platforms in the United Kingdom. In North America, it was 13th overall, and fourth for the Wii, with 83,000 copies. In June, July, and August of 07, the game was the 4th, 3rd, and 7th best-selling game for the Wii, respectively. Critics overall thought it was an improvement over more recent Sonic games, but still had its share of issues. Controlling camera movement concerned reviewers. Uh, many found them reckless at first. His momentum took time to get used to, and trying to go in reverse was a pain. Citing also that some of the minigames were lame. Uh, for the legacy of this game... To mark Sonic's introduction in the 2008 Wii game, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, Nintendo used Seven Rings in Hand and other Sonic series music as backing for the Green Hill Zone stage. Sonic Team and Sega later created Sonic and the Black Knight, which we will get into at some point, a sequel to Secret Rings, and that came out in 2009. Uh, the two form the storybook series Secret Rings is based on Arabian Nights and Black Knight uh, of King Arthur, of course. Interesting. I do thematically like where this went. Uh, on March 18th, Secret Rings and Super Ball, Monkey Ball Banana Blitz were compiled in a Wii release titled Sega Fun Pack. That's a, that's one of the more interesting sounding Sonic titles. Though. I'm rather turned off by the controls, but uh, I would give it a fair shake. No pun intended. And I would try it out. So, on to our last game for today. It's coming up next. It is Sonic Unleashed. This is Holoska Cool Edge Night. We'll be back.
Okay, everybody, welcome back. That was from Sonic Unleashed, Haloska Cool Edge Night. And we are on to our last one for today. We have four more next week, and that's going to do it for a while on our Sonic History coverage. Uh, we may go back into it a little bit later, but I think it's time to just get a change of pace and do something different after next week. But we do have that one more next week, and uh, we look forward to bringing you that. But for today, last one, Sonic Unleashed here. Uh, it is again on uh, actually multiple platforms this time. PlayStation 2, Wii, 360, and PS3, and actually mobile phones as well. Uh, it's uh, developed by Sonic Team, of course, again. It's published by Sega. No surprises there. Uh, the game follows Sonic the Hedgehog as he attempts to restore the world to normal after his nemesis, Dr. Eggman. Uh, the game also focuses on Sonic's werehog form. So that was, I remember that being kind of a unique thing to this. It could turn into some sort of werewolf hedgehog thing. Uh, that's really all I know about this game. Uh, which he gains during the beginning after coming into contact with the energy of Dark Gaia. Gameplay features two distinct styles, with each being played either during daytime or nighttime. Daytime stages incorporate Sonic's traditional platforming and trademark speed, with a combination of behind-the-back third-person viewpoints and 2D side-scroller platforming. Gameplay seamlessly transitions between these two views. Nighttime levels see Sonic transform into the Werehog. Game uh, gameplay shows slows down to accommodate greater platform play, and involves combat against waves of enemies using the Werehog's brute strength. So almost turns into like a brawler, it seems like, when he becomes the Werehog. Uh, interesting, nice dynamic there. And it uh, seems to be the traditional third-person style gameplay in the daytime levels with Sonic running through levels, but a nice little twist there. I think that's kind of neat. To turn into a Werehog is a little weird, but eh, you know, something different. Uh... I want to do mention the, uh, I want to give credits and recognition to everyone here. So we have the director, Yoshihasha Hashimoto, producer, Akinoro Yashima-yama, artist is uh, Sachiko Kawamura, writer is Kiyoko Yoshimura, and then composers are Tomoya Ohatani, Fumi Komatani, Kenichi Tokoi, Hadaki Kobayashi, and Takahiro Iguchi. Some familiar names, some not so familiar. Uh, this one came out in November 18th of 2008. Uh, the plot here, just a quick little uh, thing on that, not the whole plot, obviously. In a cold open, Sonic is pursuing his nemesis, Dr. Eggman, bounding around a fleet of spaceships. After the defeat of several of his robots, Sonic transforms into Super Sonic. After a brief chase through the airship, Sonic corners Eggman. However, Eggman manages to trap him using a powerful new ray weapon, which drains the power of the Chaos Emeralds, causing them to turn gray and useless. He then uses the Emerald's energy to fire an enormous laser and unleash a powerful beast, Dark Gaia, from the center of the planet, which, he, which has devastating consequences, shattering the planet into seven pieces. In addition, the Ray and Drained Chaos Emeralds have the unforeseen side effect of transforming Sonic into a Werehog, a beast form with great strength and abilities at night. Eggman then rejects Sonic into space, who then lands safely onto the platform below. It seems like they just try and try to more, become more ridiculous with every game here in the story. Uh, and then a little bit about development here. So Sonic Team began development in 06 after having begun work on the core technology. Uh, it was later revealed that the game's name in Japan would in fact remain Sonic World Adventure, which it was called there. Uh, so different titles. Uh, Sonic Team decided early on in the development process to reduce the number of characters present in the game, as well as to make Sonic the only playable character. The decision was taken to get more quality out of fewer characters. Uh, a problem, and that's fair, uh, that some of the other games had, maybe trying to pack too many characters into one. 
In terms of technology, Hashimoto remarked that the visual style was born out of desire to see a global illumination solution used for the game's lighting. Uh, there was also some unique motion-based gameplay mechanics. Uh, the Wii version of the game supports the GameCube controller, though, if you do not like those particular kinds of controls. It was initially stated that Unleashed was to be intended solely as a single-player experience and would not offer multiplayer or online. Uh, this was cast into doubt when references to online modes were alluded to around E308, but later interviews reiterated that Unleashed would have no online modes at all. However, downloadable content, including additional levels, would remain a possibility after the game's release. A demo version was released on Xbox Live Marketplace on December 8th of 2008 and on the U.S. PlayStation Store on December 18th. The demo does not contain any of the Werehog stages. Maybe a bit misleading for people, but have to do your own research at times. Uh, speaking after the game's release, Sonic Team member and Sonic and the Black Knight director Tetsu Katano remarked that although he did not feel the Werehog concept was a mistake, time and resources were a limiting factor in the game's production. He also remarked that the Werehog may reappear in future games or possibly in a sequel to Sonic Unleashed, should one be made. Game developer Gameloft announced in May 2009 that it had secured a licensing agreement with Sega Europe to produce mobile phone versions of Sega properties, and its first title would be a version of Sonic Unleashed. It was released in June 2009 on mobile platforms. The game's original soundtrack, entitled Planetary Pieces, was released as a three-disc set in Japan on January 28th of 2009. Reception here. Again, mixed to poor. Uh, initial anticipation when the first media for Unleashed was revealed uh, was high, as the demonstration videos hinted at as a possible return of Sonic to his traditional platforming roots, especially because of the series' declining quality in recent years, and a number of poorly received titles in the franchise preceded it. The critical reception ended up being mixed, as I mentioned. Uh, it's got about a 60 and a 54 out of 100 overall. Nevertheless, the game was a commercial success and sold 2.45 million units combined making it Sega's third best-selling game during that fiscal year period of 2008. Positive elements remarked upon were uh, the architecture, the graphics looked gorgeous, uh, very pretty and lovingly animated. Uh, and as for the negative, we uh, have the Werehog concept and the corresponding nighttime sections were not uh, greatly liked by everybody. Some reviewers compared the Werehog sections to God of War. Complaints stemmed from the game's change of speed from high-speed daytime sections to the slower nighttime sections in pace-breaking combat levels. And that is really basically it on this. Just the legacy left, and that is all for today's episode. Archie Comics once again made an adaptation for Sonic Unleashed this time, uh, featuring the opening cutscene and Sonic's transformation into the Werehog. A short 3D animated film was released to tie in with the game on November 21st of 08, entitled Sonic Night of the Werehog. Uh, to celebrate Sonic's franchise's 20th anniversary, once again we had Sonic Generations, uh, and the remakes included in that were Rooftop Run and the Egg Dragoon boss fight. Uh, so yeah, that is it. We are at the end of today's episode. Some interesting games today. Obviously, the series has kind of lost its way at this point. It's trying various different things, but it's still selling, you know? So what can you say? Next week, we have more Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's actually the end of our coverage of the 3D games. We have Sonic and the Black Knight. We have Sonic Colors, Sonic Generations, and Sonic Lost World. And that's going to do it, because that's it for the 3D games. Until Sonic Project Sonic 2017, whatever that ends up being called, surfaces. So... One more week to go. 
And that is it for Sonic. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week with our last volume for now. Take care. Goodbye.